Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. Trying to get it together Trying to help their fellow man Hoping we can make it better Do you really think we can? Yeah. Well, we think we can through the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're here every Tuesday, except for today, which is Wednesday, uh, because uh, uh, we messed up yesterday. I did. And uh, now we are back on track. So uh, we are trying to continue, continually learn how to bring Christ to our generation. That's really what we're all about here bringing grace turned outward to our culture, to the world uh, around us. And these blog talk radio shows are designed to help you understand how to do that better. And uh, we've known for some time that we have somehow managed to attract millennials to our website and uh, we know that that has to do a lot with the fact that we're 24 7 and a lot to do with that our message is predominantly a message of grace and that seems to resonate strongly with millennials and so we know they're there uh, and uh that makes us want to try and learn more about millennials and how, where they're, where they're hurting, where their needs are, and how, um, as a community, we can embrace them and uh, welcome them and hopefully try and meet some of their needs uh, together. So tonight, that's where we're going to be focusing. And to help us do that, we have two of Marty's uh, discipleship group women with us uh, tonight, and and uh, they are both millennials. I, I they're kind of actually they bracket the millennials one uh, uh, one pretty much at the front of of this generation, and the other pretty much at the end. So we kind of like that because. Uh, uh, we, we, we have full spectrum. We've got the whole thing here. And uh, Marty's discipleship, Marty's been leading discipleship groups since uh, as early as 1975. And she uh, does a tremendous job with this. She spends a full year with the group, sometimes more, with uh, weekly meetings that are required uh, attendance unless you're dead or out of the country, as Marty says. Um, there's like four to five hours of homework per week. So it's a very serious study. They do small group interaction um, to learn how to apply what they're learning. 
They learn how to dig into Greek and Hebrew through tools to help study the word and pick it apart and learn what's what's there. And uh, and then hopefully uh, they work towards learning how to spread this on so that they might disciple others, which is the whole idea of discipleship is multiplication. And so we're so fortunate to have uh, Deborah Mullen and Elizabeth Shirk with us tonight. So it's a bit of a challenge to have two guests instead of one, but they are going to help us uh, unpack the millennials a little bit. Um, and hopefully we will all come away with this uh, with a little bit better understanding and and love for this generation. So uh, everyone, please uh, please welcome Deborah from uh, uh, Northern Alberta, Deborah Mullen. Deborah, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Good. It's good. Loud and clear. I can hear. And then uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> From Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Hello, thank you. <laughs> good, good. Now I know you're both there, and uh, um, this will be an exciting uh, half hour, and it's going to go very fast, so I warn you about that. We're going to try and move as quickly as we can. But, uh, you know, every generation has had somebody out there uh, be it uh, purpose-driven or focus on the family or Labrie or Bob Dylan or Bono or Billy Graham, you know, someone who stood up with the gospel and commanded respect and did something needful for the times. You know, my parents had Billy Graham. We had people like Francis Schaeffer and uh, Chuck Smith and Larry Norman uh, but the big question is, who do the millennials have? And that's what we want to look at tonight, is um, who, who are the millennials going uh, to look to? Who, who do they have? And, you know, we would love, as a catch, to be a part of that answer. And so we're hoping uh, that, uh, that they can help us here. Um, you know what? I just lost someone. Mm, Elizabeth, are you with us? Yeah, I'm Is still here. Is you? that You're still here. Hello? We, I don't know how that happened. Uh-oh. But just hang on. It's not the end of the world. I just have to call her back. Maybe we got <laughs> a dead spot on her phone there. Um, four, four, seven, six. That was probably her. It just called. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Might have been. Yeah. yeah, most likely that was her. So let's see. Hello? Hello? Deborah. Yes. <laughs> we yes. lost you. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. call just dropped. I don't know, oh. like out of nowhere. I have five bars of reception. <laughs> so. Oh, no. Well, okay. All right. It happened. Um so we're we're talking about the generations before us, and we're talking about who who do the millennials have, and um, that's the big question 
that we're trying to answer uh, because we want to be part of that answer as the catch community. And um, so that's what we're going to be investigating, uh, especially tonight. Um, and, and uh, you know, how the big question is, how best can the catch be the voice of Christ uh, for the millennials? Now, I know that's a big question to throw at you right off the bat, but um, maybe you have a, one of you will have a comment um, on that right here at the get-go. How best do you think the catch can be the voice of Christ uh, for millennials? How do we communicate? How do we get their attention? How, how does this help us here? Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Deborah, I'll let you start. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, do you, do you mean in a practical sort of way or in a more spiritual sort of way, you know, communication, communication sort of way, or. I I like to hear the spiritual side actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. I I think that what a lot of people are, are missing these days and there may be a lot of things have have become very superficial these days with, with the social media and everything that what people want is, is truth and honesty and, and, and for people to be genuine and for people to take away the mask and just to be real instead of feeling like they're just always being sold something. Um, mm. Because everywhere you turn, you're being sold something or you are the one being sold. Uh, you, you go on Facebook and everything is they're selling you something or your information is being sold. But, you know, if you're going to go to the catch, you don't want to feel like they're trying to sell you Christianity. Mm. Uh, I think what people want is for somebody to just to feel like, oh, I'm here. They're not trying to sell me something. They just want to know me, mm. you know, and yeah. And, and for people in leadership positions to still be that way, people just want yeah. to get to know you. People just want to love you. People want to show you grace and, and everybody just shows that sort of, you know, added behavior. And I think that's something that people really want, authenticity, uh, because there's not a lot of that these days. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's really good. Um, Elizabeth, you have something to add to that? Um, yeah, so actually I have an example of a time when the catch did this really well, if that's okay. Um, sure. I attended one of the Wednesday night Bible studies, and I really connected with one of the um, <clears throat> one of the men who was in the study because we're both educators. And it's very mm. like it, it was a very simple thing. He ended up asking me in chat like, "Hey, what's your email? I want to talk to you more about teaching." After the session ended, so we exchanged contact information, and we literally just exchanged emails about the things that we had in common, which was teaching and how us as Christians we're working to teach our, our students about how much God loved them and how much they were special. And I personally think that if every catch member would see a millennial that is attending the catch event or just a millennial in life and decides to intentionally start a conversation with them, 
that would be a great way to be the voice of Christ. It doesn't need to be something very complex. It can just be a conversation where you say, I recognize Mm -hmm. that you are a person. I know your name. I'm learning about your job and your family and your personal life, Mm -hmm. and I want to know you more. Uh, Just build those relationships. I think that would be a really great way to continue what the catch is already doing. Wow. Fantastic. You actually Mm -hmm. answered you answered two of my questions because my next one was being online. How do we do that? You know, and uh, uh, you gave us a wonderful example. Um, And I'm very excited too to see that, that uh, we're developing that ability more and more now with the camp to be able to communicate uh, one with another. Um, So that's terrific. Um, In terms of, of, uh, you know, the catch ministry is all about grace turned outward. Um, that's that's really what we're about. And w- we've been told by by millennials that that's part of the reason why they like us, mainly grace, our message of grace, and the fact that we're always open. We're always here 24-7. Um, do you have any recommendations on on how we might communicate this message of grace turned outward um, to millennials at large, or maybe even uh, targeting those who might, those who are outside the church. Um, any ideas on, on uh, how we might be able to do this better? Uh, like in a, in a real life sense? Or yeah. just reaching out through the online channels. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think either, it. Either way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it really is just is living it, um, being living as a living as a as a Christian as as you ought to, yeah. um, mm-hmm. demonstrating it in your in your life, and and I think it requires a lot of humility, especially with the grace. Um, I think that a a big thing I was thinking about today was especially people in leadership positions need to embrace humility. Um, it's, I mean, I was reminded of sometimes I'll get angry and I'll snap at my kids and realize I was way over the line with it. And so I have to stop, get down to their eye level and apologize to them very humbly mm. because if I don't do that, they will stop trusting me. Um, and I think that it's really important that when people in leadership positions humble themselves and ask for grace from the people following them, when they do make mistakes, that's going to yeah. really build the relationships and build the trust. And it's going to wow. attract people, you know, rather than just trying to say, oh, well, you know, I made a mistake and just kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think humility is a, is a really big thing. Well, that's why we're doing <laughs> that's why we're doing uh Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday night. <laughs> you guys are giving me another chance, so I, I appreciate that. Um that's so true. Grace is a humbling thing. Uh, Elizabeth, you have anything to add? To uh, Um Grace? I think a, a, a lot of millennials and like my friends, especially like we're when we have those safe places where we can talk about the, the struggles that we face and we can give each other grace, our relationships grow a lot. 
and I know me and a lot of the people that I am like millennials friends people that I'm friends with we're really comfortable with talking about things like therapy and counseling with each other I know I personally struggle to do that with um, you know boomers older generations because I don't know that I always feel like I have a, a relationship with that so I feel like building more relationships and going along with what Deborah said, having the trust, the mutual trust on both sides would be very beneficial and would open up a lot of doors for both sides to talk to each other about the things that they're struggling with and offer each other grace. Right now, I don't know if um, like I or a lot of millennials necessarily feel comfortable with sharing things with people we don't have relationships with. Um, so having that relationship is the first step that really needs to happen before um, people can really have a conversation about grace. You don't really feel like you can be vulnerable yeah. unless you have a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- talk a little bit more about that because, um, you know, we're, we are so separated in many ways from one another. Uh, how do we, uh, uh, one of you said earlier that, uh, you know, we need to seek out some of the boomers need to seek out, uh, millennials, um, and 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 pers- actually pursue a relationship in some form. I mean, how do, how do you think how do you think we can do that? Do you have any ideas or perspectives on that? I love what happened with me, where um, it was just a conversation about something we had in common, where we found something in common. I okay. was talking actually with Deborah earlier today, and. One of the struggles that we think, well, I think personally, a lot of millennials face is that they've had negative relationships with boomers in the past, and mm. they don't know, they don't feel comfortable with initiating the conversation because they feel like they're at risk for being judged or for being ignored. Um, and I know that's not the catch. It's filled with people who do care and who will listen. And so even just something small like starting a conversation about something that you have in common, you might need to seek for it. You don't always see what you have in common with someone right away. Um, And this is for millennials and for boomers. It's for everybody. Finding that thing Mm -hmm. that you have in common that you can start the conversation with um, would be one way that you could start the relationship. And then as you talk about something simple that's not very dangerous like your job, like for me education is something that I am comfortable talking about. I talk about it all the time. So if I have some, that in common with someone, that's an easy way to start a relationship. And then as you get to know each other more, you talk about the struggles you face, you talk about the things that are difficult, the things that are confusing, and you continue to build the trust within the things that you have in common with each other. That's great. That's yeah, really I agree. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's as simple as just, you know, instead of talking about yourself, it's just asking the other person questions and you just keep asking them questions mm-hmm. until you find something. And people love it when people ask are asked mm. questions. It makes them feel more comfortable. It makes mm-hmm. them feel welcomed. And it makes them feel like somebody actually cares about you um, and are interested in you. And, you know, that's a great way to, to start out. And on the other end, Eventually, you'll come across something that you haven't have in common. Yeah, we understand uh, from studies, and uh, uh, especially some of Barna's studies, that m- millennials have have asked the church at large to address a, a couple of major issues, and and it appears that they haven't done that. 
And uh, so we get excited about here at the Catch Ministry. Maybe that's something we can do. And and the two items that keep coming up a lot are issues of loneliness and anxiety. Um, both of those seem to surface. Um, can you help us understand maybe why this does, why, why these two things come up a lot for millennials? What about their, their world has created that kind of environment where they, they all seem to experience loneliness and, and anxiety? I think a large part of it is uh, is social media and, and how it's, I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with social media, but mm-hmm. it's been used to replace going out and meeting people in real life. And it it can't replace that because it's a very super, it, it's a very superficial thing and people can hide behind it and people allow themselves to hide behind it. And, it's it's much more difficult to have meaningful relationships through it. It's not impossible, but it's yeah. very difficult. And I think people eventually start to feel very isolated when they see everybody else. Oh, well, there's so and so on their vacation in in Mexico. What a great time! Well, there's there's these people having a party, and I wasn't invited. Um, but I mean, clearly, like a lot of this. Even that is a superficial response because I think a lot of anxiety and stuff ultimately breaks down to uh, mental health issues Mm. and people are afraid to address that um, and, and see a therapist or get treatment for it. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of both really. Can we go? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Elizabeth, you want to go a little deeper with 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 that? Uh. Well, I think that um, Deborah talked a lot about loneliness and a little bit too about anxiety and stuff. I think social media, the internet, and like the news also plays a really big role in anxiety because it's so easy to Google ter- hmm. and just find the terrible things that are happening in the world. You could find terrible natural disasters and terrorist attacks and civil rights violations in literally seconds. And you can get in contact with the people who are experiencing those just as quickly. So you can see the firsthand responses. And it it often feels overwhelming and it's impossible to help everyone who is struggling in every way. So even as you're facing your own challenges and your own struggles, you're being bombarded with all of the struggles that other people are facing too. And it just feels like there's nothing that you can do. The world is so broken and it's so messed up that there, there's just nothing that can be done. And that's a really hopeless, uh, helpless, scary place to be in that a lot of millennials have grown up in because they've had technology that allows them to communicate like this their whole lives. Um, so addressing that kind of fear and that anxiety by talking in whatever said, mental health, going to therapy, getting counseling, talking to each other in an honest way about the fact that we're struggling with some of this, and um, working to kind of right some of the wrongs that have been faced so that you, you are doing something. You're not just sitting there watching all of the terrible things happening in the world, whether that's giving money or volunteering somewhere. Those are two things that millennials are all about doing. And would love to partner with 
boomers and older generations in the catch and also doing. That would be a great way to, um, after you mm-hmm. know your relationship with someone, continue on and, and face some of the anxiety and the loneliness that people face. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The, like, the 24-hour news, 24 news cycle is detrimental, I think. And it's and the news is does nothing to like they they thrive and they they their whole yeah. purpose is to sell fear and yes. people people buy it because they don't know what else to do and it's yeah. it's terrible well it it and it creates tension uh, and mm-hmm. that's what gathers audiences people want to people it's that whole constant uh need to uh to be um absolutely you know this 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 just happened this is you know the the worst thing in the world just happened you know and we're the first to let you know right what what do you think um you know that you you brought up mental you both brought up mental illness and that that surprised me um are 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 millennials as as reluctant to talk about that as older ones or uh, what what do you is that a difficult issue for them i think what it's something think? we actually we talk about them okay. a lot Sorry. Yeah, I think it's something we actually talk about a lot, at least among me and my friends. And I have friends who are 10 years younger than me and friends who are even a little bit older than me who aren't, I guess they're not millennials. But within my circle of friends, we talk about it all the time. I don't know. We talk about all our problems. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not unusual to just ask somebody what, what antidepressants they're on just so you can Wow. It's a regular, normal topic of conversation, you know, or, or therapy worked for them or what therapist they see or anything like that. It's a, it's a very normal thing for us to talk about. And, and even, even guys who are, you, you would think, oh, he's really macho. He, he, he would totally be turned off by uh, talking about mental health. And it turns out even the macho guys are totally comfortable talking about it. Wow. What kind of? Yeah, in. Oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead, Elizabeth. I was just gonna agree. Every single millennial that I know has either gone to counseling or is searching for counseling or just can't afford it. They want it, but they can't afford it for whatever reason. It's mm-hmm. not a taboo topic at all. Um, and it it gets mental health stuff gets discussed all the time. Wow, what? What kind of uh, what kind of barriers do you think we have in in the catch ministry we have to overcome in order to address these issues uh, things like loneliness and anxiety and mental mental health um, what 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 kind of barriers are there to overcome and, and maybe some ideas on how we might do that I'm not sure about barriers but I think something that that might be a really neat thing to offer in the future would be because there are online services that offer counseling and, and therapy. I mean, there are many of us who don't necessarily want to go to just any therapist. Some, we might want to go to some a therapist who has the same worldview as us. 
And what if the catch ministry started offering something like that? Hmm. Now, I don't know. That may be way out in left field. Yeah. But I love the idea of come to the catch, get therapy. <laughs> you know? well, we do. You know, we do a lot of counseling. And it's uh, yeah. already happening. Yeah. Uh, as far as actually formal therapy, I, you know, that's that would be a, that's great. That's something to consider. Um, uh, Elizabeth, you have any comments along these lines? No, I don't. I don't know that I necessarily have anything to add to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it sounds like it sounds like um, what we need to overcome mostly are are these uh, the the separation that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that? And, um, and and how how can we do that? You know, what would be the best some of the ways we can overcome that separation? What would you say? Well, one one thing that I know is on the part of millennials is that a, a lot of millennials haven't necessarily had a lot of good relationship with boomers. And again, I'm not saying the catch. I'm saying boomers in general. Um, and when when like millennials interact with boomers, sometimes their first instinct is to think that they are going to get judged. There's even been like internet memes where millennials get mocked and made fun of. So millennials are very, can be very sensitive to like the idea of potentially being ignored or being judged. And so that, I mean, I guess that could be even a barrier that the catch is going to face is that millennials might not be ready um, to just immediately be vulnerable. They might require some work and some intention into making a relationship before they're ready to just be vulnerable and talk about how they're feeling lonely or how they're feeling anxious, Um, which I think any catch member could do because you start a conversation and you ask questions. Like Deborah said, you try to make a connection, you get to know each other. You can build trust in any kind of context, whether it's at work, whether it's in a zoom call, whether it's at church, um, it just takes some intentionality and the, the, the desire to prove, like, I do care and I do want to hear what you say and I do want to build a relationship with you. Great. Oh. Well, I, I can't believe that our half hour is gone this fast. I'm going to push this out just a little bit because I want to ask you one more question, a hypothetical one. Um, if 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 we were able, if you were able to interact in real time, um, as uh, help us as a catch ministry, um, what ideas you might have to involve millennials in our database? Um, you know, what what would you suggest? In other words, um, uh, the offerings that we might be able to have or opportunities we might be able to create for them uh subjects what are the kinds of things they're interested in maybe could you give us just a little bit of of uh uh points along those lines and then we'll just have to have you back again that's all i can say (laughs) okay uh deborah you have anything uh to to help us there I'll have to think about this one, though. That's a okay. tough question. 
I mean, it's I, the first thing I'd do is I'd 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 move it away from Facebook uh-huh. onto its own platform. Millen- yeah, mil- yeah. Millennials don't go to use Facebook. Is that right? <laughs> you know, well, lots of us are still stuck on Facebook, but I I'd, I'd just want to use a, a a platform that's independent of any yeah anybody who Great. controls it can control it from the outside, ah, so that you guys okay. have so that yeah you know the, so that the catch is in control of its own destiny. You know what I mean? Great. Okay, I understand that. And and uh, good news is that we are already investigating things along those lines. So, that's great. Um what 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 about this along the lines of subjects? So what what are millennials interested in? What are they what are their basic needs, you would say? I would say that a lot of millennials need family. Um, and a lot yeah. of millennials that I know who are younger um, don't have that. They've been disowned. There's been deaths in the family. They've been, you know, so they need family. And if you could create a family with them, which the catch is trying to do, but even amongst catch members with individual millennials, family is mm. important. Social justice is really important. And it doesn't mm. mean going to, you know, every single political event or anything. But looking for the people who are hurting and suffering in the world and seeing what you can do to help them has always been important to millennials. And then the third one I would say is what we've talked about before is mental health and being honest about things like anxiety because that's that's real, especially now that we're in COVID. Like even my fourth graders are experiencing lots of trauma and a lot of anxiety and fears due to COVID. So COVID is kind of a really – easy way to transition into the, well, how did COVID affect you? What kind of experiences did you have? Because most people knew someone who had it or got it or lost a job or lost a bunch of um, control in their lives because of COVID. So if you need to, like, start conversations about that to be able to be vulnerable and honest with each other, you can think back to something that's just very recent that we all have in common, which is this, this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I'm just going to ask each of you one more question. Uh, give us just one one final word um, of encouragement. Uh, it sounds like the catch ministry can be the, the voice of Christ uh, for millennials. Uh, from a spiritual standpoint, what what would you say to us um, as as a kind of a closing statement that that we that we could be um, uh, to to help help uh, this 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 group of people? I think the the key is to to keep asking these questions and keep your hearts open. Hmm. All right. Asking questions, open heart. Elizabeth? I think just being caring and compassionate and be willing to listen as much as you talk and then share your wisdom because millennials definitely need wisdom. We'll, we'll, we'll probably ask you guys questions too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And uh, I know that um, – 
it really is primarily walking alongside and uh is it not and 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 not mm-hmm. so much the one's up here and the other's down here but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a coming alongside so mm-hmm. got thank you so much to both of you for coming alongside us tonight and and giving us some more insight and uh i can tell by the fact that i still have uh, three or four questions here that we're just going to have to <laughs> back in a few weeks and we'll, we'll keep this going. So um, God bless you guys. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thank you, John. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, I hope that was helpful. It was helpful to me. Let me tell you. Um, that's right. So, <laughs> join us next week. Next week for for uh, another episode. Next week we'll be back on Tuesday night, and uh, we don't want to miss. Um, God bless you. Keep listening. Keep caring for those. Get in other people's shoes. That's what we need to do. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Good night.